Hey guys, this episode of Untold Stories is sponsored by Kava Labs and Paraswap. You'll hear more about them later on in this episode. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy Monday, happy Tuesday or happy Wednesday, whatever day you're listening to the show. I am Charlie Schramm and you're watching and listening Untold Stories where twice a week we get to dive deep with some of crypto's coolest people in the room. But actually today, uh, someone who didn't come from the crypto world, we've become uh, really, really good friends and we're working together. Tom Malloy, thank you so much for coming on this on the show today. <laughs> thank you for having me. Happy to be here. It's so good. We get to do this show in person. We yeah. can we can dress up for the CD, for the exactly. audio, <laughs> get our face makeup going here totally. today. There's a lot of makeup this morning. <laughs> you know, you um, um, we met during the height of COVID yeah. and uh, um, we took an opportunity uh, during when, when the whole filmmaking world was shut down and um, decided to, to like develop this project, asked me to dance. Mm -hmm. And we're like in the, in the crazy days of shooting. Um, it's almost over. Now I know what, what everyone's talking about, like going through a war, mm -hmm. um, you know, opportunities. And we're going to talk about that today. Yeah. You know, the, the, this business in and out, uh, I want to under, I want to understand how it all works because like you told me, film is actually the U S it's, it's our biggest export here. It's, yeah. but not only financially, it's how the world is, is affected culturally, socially, mm -hmm. how we all talk to each other, how we interact with each other. Yeah. Just simple things like I read an article the other day and they're like, yeah, the whole concept that we think of summer vacation of lakes and ponds and beaches, 99% of the world is still just going to go to work every day. Yeah. But that idea of summer and the amazingness summer of 69, yeah. blah, blah, blah. It all comes from TV yeah. and film. It's how we. Oh uh, yeah. Even more than that, um, love, you know, and mistrust of governments and things like that. A lot of those things start as film plots. You know what I mean? Like, like that romantic love, that movie love that may not happen many times in real life. Uh, people expect that and want that, you know, and I, I, there's a piece of me that feels that partially has led to divorces that people want that movie love. And then they realize life is just a grind many times, you know? So it's, um, you know, it definitely influences the way that, uh, we behave and perceive each other. Yeah. I always thought that, that comedy was one of the easiest things to do, you know, stand up comedy, you make people laugh. You've uh -huh. been making me laugh since the day <laughs> we met. Uh, you've done not only acted in produced, uh, like 17 films. This is your 18th or your 17th. Uh, well, acting, I've been in my, close to 40 films, uh, producing, I, this is my 17th film produced. Yes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you've, why is this one of your first comedies that you've ever acted in? Uh, you know, it's, that's a tough question to answer. I, I would say timing, um, you know, and, and, and just different, it, it's so much as timing, but also different ideas and different experience. And, you know, that I'll say that some movies fell in my lap and were made just because they were right there, which I'll give you an example of in a second. But initially I thought, why not make, um, a horror film, you know, cause it was easy and I wanted to, you know, and I was a horror geek, you know, and I still am. And, uh, so I thought make a horror movie. And so my, one of my first movies was a horror movie. And so, um, but other times like this one film fair Haven that I made, that was really uh, beautiful LGBT drama. It was like my student, I, like I was just uh, mentoring this uh, female filmmaker, Kirsten Carl Huber, and she said, she's got this film and the money and like timing happened, you know, like there, there was film, there was money. I was there, she could shoot it. And so I produced the film for her. So like things happen like that timing wise as well. So there's, 
it's a strange trajectory. But it, the funny side story, without going into my full story yet, is that the first movie I ever wanted to do was a dance movie, and um, and it never happened. Isn't that funny? And so uh, it was some unscrupulous producer and and his director, and I was just such a kid. Like, here, take my stuff, and they stole the script. And now it we're doing a really romantic hard. comedy dance movie. Yeah. After, after all this, after I just had to do 16 films in between and spend 20 years, and then, you know, then I was fine. Then I was so <laughs> what, what you just described, though, that 16 years in between doing 20 films, yeah. like most people in your industry yeah. don't have the opportunity to even have that experience because it's so capital intensive. It's like, yeah. uh, you know, I was talking to, uh, when I was in prison, I was talking to, like, drug dealers a lot because when I was in there, <laughs> and they were like, yeah, Charlie, like, most drug dealers, are, you don't see any retired drug dealers. It's like, they're, they're dead or in prison. <laughs> funny. You know, your industry, it's like, it yeah. takes so long to be able to to uh, uh, be successful. Yeah. You have to, it's like, grind for so many years and learning, but having fun along the way. Yeah. You're meeting such amazing people. Well, uh, so, all right, so going back, like, so if you look at when I started, I started as an actor only, right? And the key is, is that there are people that just choose the one profession only know that. Like my asterisk, so to speak, as being a triple hyphenate. Now I'm a quadruple hyphenate, I guess. But with the triple hyphenate that I did for years was actor, writer, producer. And when I first started doing that, nobody was doing it. Now everybody wants to do that, you know, because that's that's a. Uh, I asked someone last uh, night, yeah. one of one of our actors, and she's like, I said, are you excited to direct as a joke? And she's like, oh, I can't wait to direct yeah. <laughs> Like, I didn't know. People, like, is that a thing? Everyone directs now? Well, apparently, yeah. And, and, you know, it's so funny. And I never had aspirations to direct, but that kind of, again, <laughs> fell into my lap. But, you know, I started, when I started, I was an actor. And, uh, you know, I think you've heard this story. I did a movie called Grave's End on the streets of Brooklyn. Oliver Stone. Yeah, yeah. He put his name on it. And, uh, I mean, we were just going to the street corners to be a gang of thugs. And we'd be like, you guys want to shoot a fight scene? And they'd be like, yeah. And then a big fight would break out. But we improvised the entire movie. And with Oliver Stone put his name on it, and I was like the second or third biggest role. I thought I was going to be a household name just from that movie. And when that didn't happen, funny enough, I was going against, I was auditioning against a lot of established stars already, like Ryan Felipe, who I remember, Scott Wolf, I would lose roles to. And uh, how are they doing now? But anyway, no, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm sure they're doing great. But um, they, I, I, I figured instead of saying, well, I could be a waiter, which is like what a lot of actors do or do whatever they're going to do, um, or real estate or something like that. I said, well, why don't I learn everything else so that I could just learn all this other stuff? So that's where the story condenses. And, you know, for the past 20 years, I've been learning every other aspect of the business. I mean, like, you know, uh, and, you know, as a writer, I've done now 30 something screenplays and I've options sold or made the movies uh, 25 of those screenplays. And yeah, it's so a good point. Why don't people like try to go figure out other parts of the industry? You do see crossover a lot. You do see like actors that that can be like a director of photography. And yeah, yeah, everyone can be doing different things, but you don't see the, the business side of it. No one understands the business side of, of making a film. Uh, 100%, you know, and, and look, at, and there's, there's a teensy argument that you could say that if you're all over the place, maybe you lack focus. Maybe I'm a hybrid in a way that I can just focus. I can put a lot of energy. You know, I have a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah, I can put a lot of energy into a lot of all those things. Maybe certain people need focus on one thing or the other. But I mean, it was like almost taboo. When I when I went to my agent, it was like 2005, and I said, I want to be an actor, writer, producer. She said, uh, well, you, you, gotta, you can't do all three. You got to be one of those things, you know? And again, I always joke that that same agent, if somebody came into her today and said, um, you know, I just want to be an actor, she'd be like, well, no, you have to write, produce, you have yeah. to direct, you know, so now it's become a thing where you have to create opportunities for yourself. 
So, you know, and then that's a bit, that's a good way to do it. You know what you do, you have yeah. to create opportunities for yourself. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the only thing. That's the only thing. It's like, yeah, people can, can open up doors and you can kind of for you and you can walk through them, but sometimes you have to build your own doors to walk through them yourself. You have yeah. to create your own. And there's no shame. We were talking about that this morning. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in using uh, uh, what you have, using the connections that you have, continuing to grow and to push yourself forward. Because at the end of the day, the only people that are ever insecure about anything is you. Yeah. You're the only one. Biggest critic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, look, at it, acting takes a knack. You know, there's a knack, which is an interesting thing. Like you have a knack for crypto, right? Um, there's not, let me say that the, and geez, I guess writing does too. Producing, I could say probably doesn't. Producing can be a learned Yeah, it can skill. be learned. I'm learning yeah, like, it yeah, as yeah. I go along. As you go along. You know what I mean? You pick it up. It's problem solving yeah, it's, and people, dealing it. with people. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so the more you know, it's just experience wise. Like I didn't feel I got to be a good producer until my movie, Ashley. And then I was like, all right, I know what I'm doing by now. And Why? So, um, because it, just experience, just watching, you know what I mean? Like, is there, say this is, say we're producing a film right now. And then you we find are. out the grip. <laughs> yes, we are. Producing, but like, like something happens, like um, the grip truck is, you know, is, is breaks, breaks something. Out. Yeah. Anybody can fix that problem because that's the thing. But then there's certain things industry wise, you know, that are so specific, you know, like SAG needs an updated, you know, uh, report on the preliminary cast list or something like that. And so there's things that how would you know unless you knew what they were talking about? You know what I mean? Like I've heard many people call, you know, purports by the different things, um, you know, day out of days. I've heard them called day of the days. Or I call something. it day in, day out. Yeah, day in, day out. That's what I'm saying. Calling. I was Googling yeah, day in, day out last night. No, find but like, it's just experience. So like, that's that can be learned. And writing, you have to have a knack, even though I think a lot of that. So look, I think also with a lot of acting too, there can be skills learned. But at the end of the day, with, with both of those, you need that little extra piece, which I believe is undefined, right? And so you have to believe in yourself to have that, right? And uh, as an actor on the screen. So what I'm getting at is this. When I first did, I did the first movie that I raised money for, and it was called The Attic. It was uh, the director of Pet Cemetery, And it was Elizabeth Moss, who's huge. Myself, John Savage, uh, Catherine Mary Stewart. And uh, we, I did that movie. And so now I had to gain, like just for the role, I gained 30 pounds and I played this guy with Asperger's and it was great, right? Uh, the film itself was ick received because I don't think the director and I linked up on our vision. I was too young to say, any, to, to say anything about it. But what I'm getting at is that if I had done that movie and been the worst, the weakest link in there, that was probably the last film where I would have been an actor, writer, producer, right? But what I was, was the strongest link. And here's Elizabeth Moss, multiple Emmy Award winner. Every review that panned it always, you know, not across the boards, but almost always pointed out like the, the the actor who played Frankie, blah, 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 was fantastic, blah, blah, blah. So meaning you got to bring your A game. You can learn. I, I own filmmaking stuff and filmmakingstuffhq.com. They're huge sites for teaching filmmakers. I feel they're the best sites on the internet for learning film. You can learn everything I know. You still have to have that knack. You still got to be good. You got to bring the A game, you know? And so it's, you have that little knack, you know? And like, like for a perfect example is uh, Courtney. She's got an act, you know, she's a great actress, but then she's still, then she's got to learn the technical part, walking in, hitting marks and all that yep. stuff. That's the other part. But the best part of that is that can be trained. You know what I mean? The, the knack can't be trained. Does that make sense? There is. And there's yeah. a, it's, it's, so you have to have a little bit of that talent that, that you, you have to be born with, unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, you know, how are you raised or whatever. And then there's a lot of like skill involved. There's a lot of hard work, yeah. but there's also a lot of, um, 
it's like high school all over again. There's a lot of social aspect to it, drama. Got part it. of the hardest part of producing that I've been finding is dealing with like you can't just throw money at at every problem. You can't do that to solve yes. them. You you have yeah. to like deal with people that are professionals. Yep. All the time. You have to finesse a lot of it so much. You know, it's like um my line producer friend, a guy named Dan Solinger, once he's done, you know, 40, 50 movies, once said uh, to me, he says, you know, I've learned everything I need to know about cameras and microphones and crew rates. He says, but every film is a brand new lesson on managing personalities. And it's yeah. Like, oh, God. Yeah, it's so true. But, you know, look, it, people put the film business on like this weird plateau, you know, and it's different. And, you know, and I think People Magazine and crap like that and Shipman Weekly is to blame because that's in the royalty in this country is movies are kind sure. of royalty. But, you know, I, I, before this, you know, in my twenties, I worked in other industries. And it's like, they're all the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? People with all uh, the Hollywood, everybody sleep with everybody else. It's like, I worked in office supply companies where everybody was sleeping with yeah. everybody else. You know what I mean? It's like, what are you talking about? And like people, you know, whatever. I, I get very angry people crapping on the film business or just saying these are these guys or they're, they're crazy Hollywood people or something like that. Because it's like, I've seen real estate companies where they were like, you know, going nuts and partying and doing Coke every night. And it's just like, that's, you see it, you see the film. You don't even know what crypto is like. Exactly. Have these crypto companies. But you see the films. It's like, I, there's a funny story that I have from one film where an actress was upset because her bathroom wasn't being cleaned and uh, there was nobody else that could do it. We didn't have a bathroom cleaner. So I literally produced the film, went and cleaned her toilet, her entire bathroom, toilet, everything. And I wanted to take a selfie and be like, this is producing, you know what I mean? Like people are picturing me pouring Cristal in my head, limo driving, and yes, there are teeny aspects of that, can film festival, stuff like that, where you've had those aspects, but uh, most of it is hard damn work. Hey guys, I am Charlie Shrimp from Untold Stories, and I'm on my way to Bitcoin Miami, somewhere south of Washington, D.C., who knows? Excited to tell you about the fact that Paraswap, our amazing sponsor and my favorite decentralized aggregator, not only offers multi chain transfers on Ethereum, but they've just launched it on top of Polygon and Binance Smart Chain. So you can go and amalgamate all of your type of decentralized transfers from buying tokens, selling tokens, transferring between things. If you use Uniswap, One Inch Exchange, any of these other decentralized aggregators, you're paying gas fees and you're doing all of these uh, on-chain transactions for every little thing that you do. Whereas with Paraswap.io, you get to actually go and predefine all of your transactions and all of your transfers, who, what, where, why, and when, pre. So then when you hit submit, it all happens in there publicly, uh, open source smart contracts right in front of your eyes almost instantly on all of these different blockchains. Check them out at untoldstories.link forward slash Paraswap. That's untoldstories.link forward slash power swap. And I am heading south. I will see y'all soon. Our partners over at Kava Labs and Binance just launched something really cool, an awesome new integration where you can earn 10% APY on your hard stable coins using the Binance DeFi platform. This is actually pretty cool because Kava Labs has been doing DeFi, but actually in a decentralized way, offering governance for their token holders. And not only with their stable coins, but their lending products, all their different, the ability to stake and vote and earn different yields and liquidity mining. So not only is Kava Labs doing that, but partnering with Binance gives it that awesome, like full trailblazing go ahead to offer these really, really good yields with an amazing partner, Binance and Kava Labs together. Check them out at untoldstories.link 
forward slash kava. That's untoldstories.link forward slash kava. There's always some specials and crazy stuff going on. Enjoy. It's super hard damn work. And, yeah. there's a, and, and all of my listeners uh, are involved in crypto in some way or another. And they're working for companies that are very similar to film yeah. where they're spun up quickly. Yeah. You have, you have, I'm in an industry that moves very, very fast. Yeah. And what the market wants and needs, we don't know until sometimes like right now. Yeah. And to spin up a company to service and to build the plumbing yeah. and then to, to grow, that's, it's a lot of companies fail a lot. That's why a lot of crypto companies, they, they break film. It's been very similar. I've been noticing it. You build this LLC, yeah. you you develop the the film, and then you have a hundred people working on set for this company. It, yeah, well, the only difference I would say is that with the film, a week from now when the film's over, then that company is—it's not that it's gone, but it's just there's only three people left. You know, three four people working in post and stuff. So this whole big band that we put together just dissipates. But I'll say that much like crypto, you have to believe in your own vision, right? And you, the films that I've gotten done, I've just marched forward. And with this one, you know, we talked about when we were talking about this movie, I, I, maybe I didn't tell you these things, but like people are telling me there's no way you could shoot a movie during COVID. Like yeah. somebody told me, oh yeah. Oh, and these are the experienced line producers said, just so you know, Tom, half of your budget is going to go to COVID. I go, okay. Yeah. yeah. But, 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 and so things like that, I've had people tell me for the budget we did this film for, you can never have this many characters. You got to cut characters. We started the development yeah, yeah, of this, this script, yeah. like deep in COVID. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Deep, it's not like now, like we're shooting now. We just yeah. decided yesterday yeah. we're working on this for, I don't know. Yeah, months, yeah, months, half, months, months. That's yeah, yeah. just been, I've been involved. Yeah, yeah. You've been working on this for yeah, years. years. Yeah. And so it's, it's, you look, you don't, when you really, there's a famous story that Stan Lee tells about going in and pitching Spider-Man to his editor, right? And before he goes into the editor, and I, I hope I'm not butchering the story, is that he says, um, he thinks of a character, he says, let me make somebody a teenager. And, uh, you know, and, and so he's got those teenage problems. Spiders he thought were really cool. And he figured out the powers and all that stuff. And uh, he wanted to have him have social problems and kind of be geeky. He goes in the editor, pitches the, the thing. And the, the editor says, okay, number one, uh, people hate spiders, so forget that. Yeah. Number two, he's a teenager. They want, uh, you know, adults. And number three, he's like insecure and geeky. They want popular people, right? Get the hell out of my office. So funny enough, he had done wow. enough that, that he had to put, there was a, a, a comic called Amazing Stories. He had to put that comic, they were killing it anyway. They were ending that comic. So he thought, put the Spider-Man in there. So that, the, funny enough, spite, there's no Spider-Man number one. It's like Amazing Stories 15 is the original Spider-Man. Really? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, that comes out, breaks every sales record. And he goes, and this is a true story, Stan Lee tells it. He says, uh, his editor runs in, he says, Stan, remember that idea of yours we were so excited about? And I just love that because now the editor had completely oh, changed like, it. Now, and yeah. it's like, but the, what I'm saying, and so Stan's point there was like, if you believe in your vision, and I believed in this film from the start, with the dancing and the comedy and my comedy, the brand that I've been doing since I'm 10 years old, um, it's, it, you you just keep pushing forward. No matter what anybody tells you, you believe in it and you push forward. Persistent. What you just said is yeah. everyone in crypto. Yeah. And, and I still yes. don't understand what is in the human, what is in us as humans that we can wake up every day doing something that everyone thinks we're idiots and we're stupid and do it for years, wake up every day and just with a smile on our face, go do that. Yep. We don't consciously think about. It's great. I, I've talked to people like one of my friends created Barry's Bootcamp, which is huge. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, actually. And she was like, I was like, how Keith did you, Ro yeah. 
What's that? No, there's a big crypto guy. He does, uh, Keith, he does, uh, uh, Reboise, he does a big Barry's boot camp in Miami oh, on like great. a helipad. Everyone tries to get yeah. in. Oh, that's great. Well, my friend Rachel well, literally created it with her friend Barry, right? So it's, um, it, I asked her, like, I, like, how did you know? And she goes, I just knew. She goes, I didn't, I beg, borrowed, and sealed money, just like put it together. She goes, I just kept saying to myself, this is going to work. And I feel the same with, with a lot of the crypto stuff. You know, I, I was debating with one of my friends as a banker, you know, and, I, and we were kind of jokingly, you know, he was like, you know, how's that funny money working out for you, Tom? You know, all this crap. And I said, I showed him the article. There's a famous article where the guy uh, that was written years ago, and it was the internet will never replace fax machines. Yes, that's the title of the article, and I think that's just so funny. It's like people don't see a future, you know, and and everybody in your industry has, you know, they've seen it and they stuck to it when they, people were laughing at them because it was, you know, oh, you're point zero 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 one cent for Bitcoin, and then it's just like, you know, oh, and then it drops from seventeen to three thousand. Wow, you lost your shirt. Great, now it's sixty four thousand. You know what I mean? It's like you look at it and you go. Oh, it had a big crash now and it's $35,000. It's like, uh, this was a dollar like yeah. six years ago. Like you're, and you're, and you're freaking out cause it's 34,000 or whatever. I just think it's, it's ridiculous. So, how do, yeah. how do businesses in America or really in the world yeah. influence film like through products and services and then come at us like culturally, how does that work? Because now that's starting to happen in crypto yeah. where the narratives need to start to be a little bit more controlled because the media hates crypto and you have the fear, uncertainty, and doubt constantly. Tons. Yeah. So how do the regular, and how do other industries do? I mean, cigarettes and movies for a hundred yeah, years ago, yeah. I, it's been, do, it's for forever. Well, so much is perception. So much of life and everything is perception. And so look, if, um, it, it, they're, they're rarely generic, you know, if James Bond is driving a really cool car, you know, or, or Italian job has, you know, mini Coopers or something like that, you know, those kind of things are, or definitely sponsored, you know, or he has a cool, you know, I think Audi sponsored. Oh, really? James Bond. Did Mini Cooper yeah. sponsor? Uh, it's Probably. I'm not sure, but the key it's is. The best um, freaking Mini Cooper commercial yeah, right? ever. But I think, I, I believe Audi is James Bond. Yeah, right? yeah, it and is. So Audi's in everything. There. They're and nice so Audis too. Yeah, product placement. And it's like, so look, I'm not against that per se. You know, you're not selling me, it's an Audi's yeah. a great car. You're not selling, you know, you're not putting Kias on there and have a James Bond drive them. And I don't think there's enough money Kia could pay to get James Bond to drive. But the key, what I'm getting at is that, yeah, I mean, look, it, that's why I love independent film. Look, I'm happy to do a studio film. I've done, I've done 17 movies with stars, you know, Betty White and, 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 uh, uh, Billy Zane and Amy Smart, Elijah Dissue, Tim Hunt and Carrie Elway's Princess Bride, all these things. And so, but the studio system a lot of times we'll, we'll try to say, well, listen, this guy's got to be, you know, he's got to be this race or he's got to be this tall or, um, the whole time he's got to be listening to a Walkman. I don't know. You know, I just dated myself, but something has to have. And so there's a lot of constraints sometimes. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying that I wouldn't be okay with a lot of that stuff. It's, it's, it's fine. As long as it doesn't kill your initial vision for the movie. You know what I mean? If somebody says we got to shoot in this bar versus the other bar, okay, fine. You know what it's okay. I don't, I don't care. But if somebody, if the, if the guy was the coolest guy ever, and you said he has to drive a, and I hate, hate to be crapping on some car brand, but let's go again to Kia. He's a Kia. You know, this guy's a stunt driver that's the fast driver ever, and he's going to drive this Kia because Kia's giving us a million dollars. I'd be like, that's, yeah, that, it makes no that sense. The character doesn't that completely destroy the movie? <laughs> the and studio so, would do that. Yeah. So that's where you got to watch your vision. You know, but look. In any, it, this is goes back to the, the famous saying in Hollywood, nobody knows anything. 
Because at any time when like you're crypto. trying to put a constraint, I've heard this a thousand times. Oh, this movie couldn't be made 20 years ago or something like that. Bull, bull. Every time somebody says that, there's an exception to the rule. Anybody says, you know, musicals are dead. Then La La Land comes out and kills it. You know what I mean? It's something right? like that. So there's always a time, or Westerns are dead or things like that. And it's truly, nobody knows anything. I want to make a Western. You know what I mean? Anything, yeah, I love Westerns. Anything that people are talking about, they say, it can never be done, bull. And so for me, I mean, I've been told it can never be done. That, you know, you're an actor, writer, producer. You're going you're gonna to get. Um, That's my you know, biggest pet yeah. peeve. It's like, yeah. really? Yeah. It's like, really? You're going to come here and say you can't do this. Yeah. Like you're going to come at a, at a problem with, with saying that the solution is impossible or can't be found. Do you understand the depths of what humankind has been through yep. and what we can come out of individually and mm -hmm. as a collective? We're strong motherfucking people. We can do yeah. It's unbelievable. Uh, that's great. I'm, I'm glad you said uh, motherfucker because I, 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 I shortened Fuck my, the FCC. I, yeah, I, shortened, I own this distribution. I shortened my, my bullshit to bull because I was like, you know, let me. I don't know if I'm allowed to say shit. So do you know actually, like, yeah. I'm this show has yeah. the explicit tag warning, and at first oh, I was pissed off that Apple gave it to me, yeah. but I'm like, I'm gonna use it now because I might yeah. as well. That's right. All right, fuck that. All right, look. So <laughs> no, you know, it, it's it's right. Everybody, people can. One of my favorite quotes is by uh, Robert Downey Jr., where he says, you know, smile, nod, agree, and then go do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> and I try to remember that in life because that has helped me very times <laughs> dealing with exes, dealing with people, dealing with asshole agents. You know, one of the, yep. uh, a, a, an actor uh, on a film <laughs> said that I was See, too See, I old. learned that, yeah. but yeah. I learned that in prison. Yeah. That's, I consider that a superpower. Yeah. The ability to shut up, bite your tongue, bite your ego, move on. Yeah. But, but. I have to go to prison to learn that. Yeah. How did you learn that? Because everyone wants no, to know yeah, how to learn yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. No, you know That's what? a superpower. It is, you know, in a way to not take it personally. But here's the key. Even if I did take it personally, well, I'll, I'll tell you a great story that I believe I've told you before, but I, I love this story. Uh, Brian Regan, one of my favorite comedians, said that he would watch these ants building an anthill, right? And when he was a kid, and they'd be working on the end, and then everyone's while he'd just take his hand and swipe it across, and he'd be like, rebuild. And he said, there was never a moment where the ants were like, oh, come on. <laughs> they immediately started rebuilding. And I said, that's the way I'm gonna be in my career. If something happens and he goes, this falls through, or this, or this agent said this, okay, I'm still building the, the damn anthill. Yeah. And then the anthill falls down, great, I'm starting to get, do it again. You know what I mean? And the key is, you can't take the moment where you go, come on, or debating this person, you know, or something like that. Or, or you know, if somebody's walking off set, it, again, we, we just, we're having some of these issues with the current film. Yeah. It's like some uh, and location got mad at us. Okay, so what now? We've, we're done with that location, the film is the kid, so now we gotta go back and, oh, don't be mad yeah. at us and blah, blah, blah. No, it's like the key is, you just keep moving on. You just keep chipping away. And that's the same with the Bitcoin. It's like, if you believe in it and you believe in the concept of it and you've wrapped your head around it, just keep going forward with it. And sooner or later, you'll be the one that, you know, you'll be the one in the well, pedestal so and everybody parallels. else says, I should have been doing that shit. You know so I mean? many parallels yeah. in, in, in crypto. It's yeah. like I, some of the, my friends, a lot of the listeners, they, they work these jobs and they wake up and they, they fucking suffer. They spend 12 hour days grueling. Yeah. And then they got the shit on the internet people coming at them. And then they got their parents thinking yeah. that they're idiots not <laughs> working for these crypto companies. But they still do it. Yeah. Uh, in film, it's the same thing. You know, you're on set, you're sitting there, it's 50 people, you're stressed out, you're yeah. 10 hours into it. And then someone just walks on this and is like, this movie's gonna be shit. Yeah. And you know what? what you <laughs> it's me. Thankfully, nobody's done that. <laughs> no, it's done but, that. But uh, you know, look, it, ultimately, 
success always wins. You know what I mean? Like you can, you're, you're stupid and you're foolish for pursuing this dream until, you know, your success is like, I've been doing this and successfully now for almost 20 years. There's not one person that would ever, you know, crap on that or be like, Tom, you need a corporate job or something ridiculous. Like same with you with the crypto. It's like, if it was still 0.0001 cent, then maybe somebody could be like, oh, Charlie, what are you doing? You know, but you yeah. can never argue with success. But a cool thing happened to me the other night when I, you know, my son's been helping out as a PA on set. And I, I, it's, I got a picture of that whole group. And this is something, inspiration for anybody listening, is that I had a feeling where I went, look at all these people that are here. You're here. Uh, everybody's in Rochester. We had 75 extras on for a background. We had all this crew and all that stuff. And we got this machine has been built. And I went, this all came from an idea in my head. This all came from me just maybe one morning afternoon where I went, I had done a dance movie, Love and Dancing, Amy Smart, Billy Zane, Betty White, me. And... It, it, for some reasons it failed because of the timing and all this crap. And there, there's, there, I could give you 50 reasons why I failed and I was never going to do it again. And then one day, I don't even, can't even pinpoint with the day I said, why don't I just try another one? And it, it, I came up with this whole idea for this movie, which was a dating comedy that just exists in a world where everybody can dance yeah. instead of making it about a dance movie. It's a really, really funny, funny movie that where there's just every time you see somebody dance, they're really good. And, uh, came forward that. So that what's great is that in anything in crypto and building a business and in creating a product and it starts up here. And then that materializes into something because in here is electrons and your thoughts are actual things. And when thoughts, that's the law of attraction right there. Thoughts become things, three words. Oh, and wow. so when thoughts I was thinking things. about that, now look at that. So my thought in my head, let me do another dance movie has now turned into you know, 150 people on set and all these people being employed and everything going forward. And it's, that's an amazing feeling. That's something that to anybody listening, you can do it. You know, you just need to decide what you want to do and jump in the freaking pool with both feet. You know, you, you, you keep throwing the word like success and failure around. And you said like, uh, um, love and dancing. And you said like failure to you. I, I mean, I, I don't think it was a failure. I don't know. Yeah. So that's really my question is like, how are you judging, gauging, yeah. how are you judging yourself, success and failure? And I, and, and how, how how does how do everyone else judge it? Because like yeah, maybe that movie didn't yeah. make or make your house and even make as much money. But I watched it. I enjoyed it. It's, uh, it's, it's still great. It's timeless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of it was made twenty years ago or ten yeah. years ago uh, or something. Two thousand nine. Yeah. Okay. So like, why is you know if, if someone right now walked up to yeah. me and I and I was you in that film, I'd be I still am. I'd be like proud of that. I brag about you. Point. Like, why is that a no? It's a great a point. It's a very good point, Charlie. And you know maybe it's. It, because I am defining it as, yeah, it didn't become a monster breakout hit. You know what I, and the key is I How had those aspirations. How do though? Yeah, How I had those aspirations. Do? Well, yeah, it's very tough. It's very tough because the lottery tickets, let's just say, are publicized. Meaning the $15,000 paranormal activity that becomes 300 million. Okay, for all, for the one that did that, there's a thousand that didn't, have, you know, that didn't do it. And, but to me, those odds aren't even that bad. One in a thousand, you know, is not as bad as, um, you know, lot actual lottery. But the, meaning the the ones that explode are the ones that are publicized. So it, you're right. There were so many positives that came from Love and Dancing that I could point to and say, this happened, this happened, this happened. But in the grand scheme of things, there was a lot more negatives for me. You know, it's like I lost money. I lost uh, my relationships, yeah. you know, and, and things like that. Um, so, but... It's, it's, a, you're right. It's not black and white. It's not a zero. You know, it's, it's, it's not like, well, it's either win or lose. It's not that it's like, what did I gain? What did I lose? Tons of experience, but lost certain things. And so you have to look at it as that. 
at the end of the day, whatever doesn't kill you, make you stronger. It's hundred percent true because it's like, you're still going to go forward. It's still going to do more stuff. And you just have to look at it and say, well, what can I learn from that? And what can I do better? You know, you've been, you had the opportunity. Uh, we went to Puerto Rico together and to, to a crazy crypto world down there. Um, <laughs> I actually have had a bunch of people that we've met on the, on, on that trip I've had on the show. Um, really it's, it's, I thought when we were going to go down there, Puerto Rico was going to be a place where it was going to be like beach vibes and everyone was just like chilling yeah. and it's all crypto rich people yeah. just like vibing all the time. Yeah. But that's not really what it was. Like it was a lot of people building and doing a lot of amazing things, yeah. but it's different because in, 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 in crypto, that's our business when yeah. we're talking constantly and conceptualizing ideas. If you have one out of 50, if 50 of bad ones are bad, we have one good one. That's pretty successful. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about that? Did you did you look at all of us as like, what are these guys doing? Are they working? Are they, uh, mm. like, how did it look to you from an outsider perspective? Not at all. You know, from a sales perspective, look at, and you, you know, I, I wrote a book called Bankroll that was considered the gold standard book on film financing. It was, it was um, I did the first edition in 2008, second edition in 2012. And now, as I said, everything's online at Filmmaking Stuff, which is a free site, and Filmmaking Stuff HQ, which is the membership site, right? So I'll just say, say that. There, there was a lot of sales aspects in that. So I know uh, I, going down there, how people are pitching ideas and pitching things. And look, there's a piece of me, David, my best friend knows this, that it's like, I don't love just going out socially for no reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you and I are going out, you're my friend now. And it's like, we'll go out. There's still going to be like five minutes of something. I have to have some value there. You know, it's just like, let's just go and get drunk. Eh, I agree. You know what I mean? Like, I, especially, um, you know, when there's people that you could be doing business yeah. with, you know, it's like, so I, um, now if I go out, for instance, my voice, a little horse, we all went out last night and go out and just have a good time. Sometimes that's strategic, you know yeah, what that I mean? Sometimes strategic. that's for bonding. Like that was for the whole cast and crew bonding. So great. We all have a good time or whatever and, and didn't specifically talk business, but it brought us all closer together. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm getting at is that a beach vibe wouldn't have been, I would have been bored as yeah. you're, you and I are very similar in that. I'm only stressed when I'm bored, man. You know, it's like, I, I like doing something, but also having a goal. And our goal down there was to raise the finances for this movie, you know, and, and get some more investors, which we did. So. Yeah. And, and, and meeting all those people and, and, uh, um, yeah. just kind of seeing how everything flowed unintentionally. Mm -hmm. It's like when you don't try things end yeah. up working out. Well, you know, why it's, don't you have your own podcast? I, say that. <laughs> I, I guess I never thought about it. You're, you would have to teach me how to do that. Cause I, but I do, you know, I do do uh, videos on, on YouTube, YouTube uh, filmmaking stuff, forward slash filmmaking stuff or free videos on movie business and stuff like that. But uh, you know, it's when you're talking about uh, being down there for anybody that's listening, that may be unsuccessful or, or needs to be, have more money in their life, which look, it's not going to be the solution to your problems, but it is going to take away that problem, which mm. is great. Um, you look at your the people you're hanging out with, are they all broke? Right. And so it behooves you to be around successful people, right? Because, you know, you and I and Courtney it's and true. Diane are on a boat <laughs> with, <laughs> where the money was so much that they had sushi flown in from Japan. Talk about FU money, sushi flown in from Japan, just to add that radioactive touch. But the bottom line is, it's like just being around those people, you start to talk opportunities. And again, law of attraction, I'm a big believer in that. You start to program your mindset, right? It's, here's a famous uh, story. Don't you want to be more successful? Yeah. yeah. Like well, Isa, our yeah. driver, he just wants to be so successful because he was around all these successful yeah. people on and the film all the time. Yeah, you know, in, um, I, I support, I, uh, 
I host two charity poker events. I created one in, in New Jersey, and then I have another one in LA called the Dream Builders. Obviously, nothing's going on with uh, because of COVID, but when they come back, and that we've raised money for MS, and we've raised money for different things. And so I gave this speech once about, uh, about uh, donating money, right? And the key was, is people will say this, and here's an interesting phrase. They'll say, well, if I was rich, I'd donate money, right? That's what they'll say. But the way to spin it is actually just like, um, I donate money and then I become rich because that puts you in the mindset if you have you have enough to give away. You mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? So you go, here's $300 for that charity or something like that. Your mindset starts to attract that you got the money to be able to do that. So you put yourself in that right mindset. And I'm telling everybody who's listening, mindset equals results. You have to, it's not you have to see it to believe it. You have to believe it to see it. And that comes directly from Wayne Dyer. You have to believe it first to see it. So once you believe, I've got enough money to give to charity, that becomes your reality and that becomes what you have. Yeah, there's a famous quote in Tertu, Enzo Agada, if you if you try, if you push for it, it'll be. Yeah. There'll be nothing, no Great obstacles one. will be in your way. If you move forward confidently in the direction of your dreams, I forget who's, who said that one. It's just like you'll you'll get them every time, and it's it's so true. You can, but remember every word there. Confidently, you can't move forward like eh, all right. Maybe keep my backup it's job. Not, maybe do that. You got to jump in the pool. It's man. not all fun yeah. and games though. Yeah. Let's. So you you were you know yeah. you're doing all these. Your your career was growing. You're living in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. and your everything was was getting very successful. You love LA. You love Los Angeles. City. Yeah. Um. But then life happens and things things change and you have to move here to Rochester, New York, and you still kind of like don't, it's still like for you, one foot in, one foot out. You yeah. want to go back to LA, you miss LA. What advice would you have for people who, especially when your career is so physically based in one place and then the world throws you that wrench and you want to just give up? Life gets in the way. So yeah, okay. And, and to give you a, a little bit of backstory for the listeners is that, yeah, I went through a, a bad divorce and uh, you know I have two kids, the greatest kids, Ella and Tyler, and my ex-wife wanted to move to Rochester, New York. So I won't go into too many detail there, but the bottom line is that was the only way I could have, my kids are with me four days a week, every week. And they're since awesome then, kids. And they're the greatest kids. And that was the only way I could do that. So I chose that. And now I had two places. I had a place in uh, North Hollywood and here. Or wait, Sherman. No, Sherman Oaks was before that. No, I had places in North Hollywood and in Rochester. And I would go back and forth on average, maybe 17 to 20 times a year. I was in the play. Like I lived in a play. And that now you're also got to count Cannes Film Festival and Cannes also for oh MIPCOM and Berlin, Toronto. Like, so I was in a play. Like, I was just like, yeah, all right. Like, I, I you know, I'd wave to the people at the check in. Hey, what's up? So uh, the key is whatever obstacle you have, like you say to me, Tom, I want to learn movies, but I got, I got two kids. I'm a single mom, blah, blah, blah. You'll find a way to do it if the why is big enough. The how can always be figured out if the why is big enough. If I said to you, Charlie, you got to climb Mount Everest. Mm, you think why. yourself, you think yourself, how the hell am I going to, I don't know that. But if I said to you, I'll give you a billion dollars cash, you would freaking train. You would be the yeah. greatest mountain climber. You would spend the, you know, five years becoming in the yeah. best shape of your life and you do it. So understand that if you can make the why big enough, the how becomes insignificant. You know, and the why for me is that I'll never give up on movies. I'll be 85 years Dude. old. They'll be wheeling me into an audition. I'll be like, this is my role right here, baby. Because that why will never, ever shrink for me. Five minutes ago, I would never climb Mount Everest. It's <laughs> never even in the realm of even thought. Yeah. But if, if someone walked through this door right now yeah. and even wrote me a check for $10 million, yeah. if I climb Mount Everest, like you said, in yeah. five years, yeah. 
I will become, yeah. or all of us will become the best damn mountain climber. Yeah, exactly. Now, so somebody, then why can't we do it right now? Yes, why do we need yes. that $10 million check? Why you, can't I go? Exactly. Now, somebody might be listening and saying, oh, guess what? It's not about money for me. You guys are talking about money. Great. Okay, let's say the cure to your kid's cancer it, is at the top of Mount Everest. Then would you learn? You know what I mean? So you can make the wide thing true love. Yeah, true, or love. true love. Your girl, if you could do this, this girl's going to marry you. You know what I mean? Something like, so whatever it is, the wise begins. So you have to, sometimes it's smart to intentionally inflate the wall. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the stories of the stockbrokers buying a Ferrari when they didn't have any money, but they bought the Ferrari. So then they're like, I want to keep that goddamn Ferrari. So now how am I going to make it? I'm just going to get we on the phone it. and we just do it in crypto. Sales, we right? buy Lambos. Yeah. yeah, buy Lambos. Yeah. So um, <laughs> didn't we have a debate about this? Is what's the top car, which I said, Aston Martin and somebody else said Lambo. I go, get the hell out of here. That's no, it's Martin's definitely not top. Lambo. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, anyway, um, and I have a Ranger, but anyway, no. <laughs> I mean, you have a Maserati. So, um, well, you know, I guess I, I lost my train of thought there, but the bottom line is, if your why is big enough, you will figure it out. I've that's said that what, to that's people. That's your train of thought, if, yeah. so, she, so single mom, two kids, how am I going to learn the film business? Well, I get, then you can't take an extra half hour. You can't get up a half hour earlier and, and watch videos. You can't stay up a half hour later. Then your why is not big enough. You don't want it badly enough. You do not want it badly enough. When you become someone who has all of the answers and mm -hmm. you become one of these people who can succeed by inflating your own why yeah. that's that's a superpower yeah a lot do you get frustrated when people come to you try to solve their problems because you're now good at it or you like doing it no you know i love teaching and love helping people and that's the whole filmmaking stuff is is that is giving away advice and i don't hold anything back i'm not like here's the secret stuff that i use and you know i give everything yeah uh away you know the frustration always comes from the fact of perception you know it's like look Imagine if you were Michael Jordan and you were the best basketball player that ever lived, which he is. Let me say LeBron. It's like, oh, give me a break. Yeah. Michael's so much better than LeBron. Yeah. But the bottom line is you look at the, the, um, that, and you say, imagine if you were Michael Jordan, like I feel as an, a comic actor that I am that fucking good. I am. I feel I'm one of the best that ever lived. That's a pretty big statement, but I have, I have friends, Jack Black, you know, as a personal friend of mine, it's like, I'm like, any day, put me on the screen with him, I'll blow him his ass off the screen. Like, yeah. I know that shit. Yeah. And the key is, imagine if you believed you were Michael Jordan and you maybe you really were Michael Jordan, but you couldn't play basketball. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the problem with the film business. It's like, I'd like to be doing movies with Steve Carroll and, and, and Will, uh, Steve Carell and Will Ferrell and all that stuff and be doing lines back and forth and, and be on SNL and be, you know, a player on SNL, all that stuff. The, the opportunities, the timing also have to match up. Now, with all the experience and taking swings at bat, Maybe that leads to it. And obviously, look, I'm not, I'm not uh, hurting. I've started a bunch of films. But, but I'm like saying that. is now, yeah. now you can, now you can do all that mm -hmm. stuff. Maybe 10 years ago or 20 years yeah. ago, whatever. Maybe you like, it it's would have experience. been weird if you went on yeah. SNL after Love and yes, Dance. Yes, maybe, maybe you're like, like maybe you're better. You I know think, who you were? My, sorry, that's an interesting statement is that uh, the choreographer of this film, my good friend, Robert Royson, now you're I love as well, him. great guy. Um, he said to me, man, you should have directed Love and Dancing. And that's I true. went, now I said to him, Maybe I wasn't ready then. And I don't know. I didn't immediately been like, yeah, yeah, I should have. I went, maybe I wasn't ready. I mean, that was, that was 2009. So like, yeah, actually I would say I'm definitely wasn't ready. I definitely wasn't ready. And that's funny because, you know, but the, so you're right. Experience does help and you get better and it's a timing thing. Um, and then you're fighting age and all that stuff. But look, it's, it, that's, that's the only frustration is going. And, and, you know, I, I, I know, you know how, when you know how good you are, and you can't just automatically be there just based on your ability, right? Um, it has to be timing and luck. But the key is, 
the, the antidote to that is to just keep working, keep grinding away, keep grinding away and learn to love the grind. That took me so long. And obviously it helps money coming in, you know, when you're successful, it's very yeah, tough to people love the grind, the grind. but I love it. I love Every it day, just chipping away. Like let's do stuff. Let's do, you know, let's, let's develop some more projects. I love that. And developing projects is no money involved. You know what I mean? But it's like, I love that. I love that grind. Your so. mind, I, I was talking to Eric Voorhees, mm -hmm. uh, a very crypto OG has been around yeah. the space very long time, 10 mm -hmm. years probably. Um, and he runs Shapeshift, one of the top companies in the space. And okay. Usually in crypto, crypto has only been around Bitcoin, 10 years, crypto, like five. Mm -hmm. So when you become successful, you don't really want to like do it again because yeah. it's it's exhausting. Yeah. Uh, things move very fast. Yeah. So I was talking to Eric and, and he was telling me what he's working. He's like, I'm doing this project and I have to fire someone or hire someone. And I have to, you know, the company's growing 200 people. I'm like, Eric, yeah. Dude, aren't you tired? You've been doing this for so long. And you know what yeah. he said? He said, I'm tired when I'm not doing this. Yeah, that's great. That's a great thing. All right, so I have a, an actor friend, Greg Harrison, who was a great a great actor, and he was a big star in the 80s, uh, Trapper John MD. And he's still, I think he's on General Hospital now. And he was saying that uh, the film business or acting or, you know, even crypto, let's just say, is much like surfing. You go for the wave and it's right in front of you. And he says, or there, you know, you go again, it's right behind you. Mm. And you talk to the guy in the pier and he goes, man, if you'd only come yesterday, it was amazing. Right. He says, so it's always a timing thing, but he goes, every once in a while you hit that wave and it's the greatest feeling you'll ever have. And you'll chase it for the rest you of your life. You train for it. But yeah, and train for it. And yes. And chase for the rest of your life. But also there's one aspect that I added to it was after you tell that whole story, you just say, I also just love surfing. You see what I'm saying? So meaning with a building a business, building a crypto, making a film and all that stuff. It might be, the wave might be in front of you. It might be behind you. It might've happened yesterday. It might happen tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. But the key is you got to keep surfing to hit that wave. And sooner or later, if you just believe and you also go, man, I just love surfing. So this guy, Eric, who I don't know, but he's, he, I know of him, but I don't know him personally, but he is, he loves surfing. And for him, his surfing is crypto, you know, and building businesses and doing those things. And it, it doesn't matter if the waves in front of him behind him, he's going to keep surfing. I love it. And, and, uh, um, I want to learn how to surf <laughs> <laughs> because of the, I have no desire. No, but yeah, so like life, I feel like life in the universe, it's all energy at yeah. the end of the day. Like we look at these things and, and there's like, you can physically manifest energy. It's, it's all there. Um, I feel like Everything I've done in my short adult career of, of 10 years, mm -hmm. uh, sitting in prison, doing everything I've ever done um, has led me and then, and, then, and then meeting my wife and everything and then her introducing me to acting into, into mm -hmm. TV and film has led me to this moment yeah. of, of meeting you. And mm -hmm. now our you know, strings are, are intertwined with each other. That's great. And we're both like putting this wave together with yeah. Ask Me to Dance. So my question is, uh, what's next for you? Ah, that's a good question. What um, do you want to do? Because I really do believe yeah. that this is that way for you. That's great. Only because a lot of, you know, I know you want to answer the question. Um, and I don't yes, know sir. if I have like an ego thing here, but I really do believe that like whatever the crazy sky people or whatever gods, but the gods put me in, in this place yeah. and to meet some of these people to like, uh, be able to, to, to grow together. That's awesome, man. Well, I have, you know, it's look, I, I've been doing it comedy since I was 10 years old in front of crowds, improv, you know, graduated the IOS and my, one of my great friends, a guy named Greg Pausini, who passed away, uh, earlier this year. It's, 
he kind of made me swear that I would do a comedy. And I never did it. Like, so you can look and you go, Tom, <laughs> you've done 17 movies, not one of them was a comedy. Like, and I've been in 35 movies, not one of them was a comedy. And it's like, so it, why, Tom? But, and again, that, that question is not an easy answer, but finally I'm doing it, right? And I now have 20 years experience. And so to answer your question, look, there's some movies that I wanted to make, uh, you know, my action film at the high school. There's another film. But ultimately for me as a director, it's comedy. You, I, you know, I know Saturday Night Live is losing four or five cast members this year. It's like, I'd love to do comedy. I'd love to do be on SNL. It's because I know, you know, but your comedy, yeah. your school yeah. of comedy yeah. is my comedy. Yeah. It's what I love. Yeah. And you know, I haven't been able to yeah. find people that can make me laugh as much since I was in prison. <laughs> it's awesome, man. Because in prison, yeah. there's so much sarcastic, yeah, <laughs> passive aggressive, yeah. very clever, smart yeah. humor that people sit all day, like coming up with this shit. Yeah. You just come yeah. out with it. I, I'm quick. I have a quick brain. And that's what you need for on stage. QB, yeah, you yeah, got yeah, quick brain. Quick brain, cute. Oh, uh, shit, yeah, I got that's it. Fun. That was quick. Um, you know, it's the key is, is that, yeah, it's comedy. Like, you don't want to get too erudite about it, but it, it, funny is funny. And when we have pretty much every day on set had a moment where we yell cut and everybody bursts yeah. out laughing, that is a great sign. But, you know, you, it's like, Look, it, there's different people. Some have the sarcastic humor. I am a timing and presentation guy. But know, that's, right? I so, like that yeah, humor. Yeah. The SNL humor, you keep going yeah. by, it's not, it's like boring humor. Well, I don't yeah. watch it anymore. Elon Musk, I don't want to yeah. watch it. It was yeah. stupid. Well, here's the deal. And I'm not going to, geez, I don't want to crap on anybody. No, there. I'm going to crap like, on yeah, Elon Musk. Yeah. He craps on me no, all day. No, I'm not talking about, yeah, you know, thanks Elon for losing me a bunch of money too. Yeah. But <laughs> the, the key is, um, no, I mean, I, I wasn't going to crap on SNL. What I was going to say was that I've noticed a lot of the cast members don't, what I would say, jump in the pool. Mm. The funniest performers in the history of SNL, Chris Farley, Jim Belushi. Then you go to In Living Color, you go to Jim Carrey. All these people. What's they, the girl with the blonde yeah. hair? The one who, she's crazy. And she, uh, SNL, she's so funny. Uh, I mean, Kate McKinnon? Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, all yeah, of them. Yeah. All of them. But the ones who Great. go out. But yeah, the Chris key Farley. is, you got it. Yeah, you have to commit fully. I remember this one thing. Uh, I, I, I'm not trying to call out a cast member that wasn't working, but it was just like, it, it cuts back to him and the, oh, it was a prank video show and it was him and De Niro. I think it might've been Seth Meyers who's found his niche on a talk show, which is fine. So maybe he wasn't a great player. He's per doing se. talk show. But yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have the late, one of the late uh, night shows. Oh yeah. And yeah, so yeah, yeah he, does. he was with Robert De Niro and they were talking about a prank show and Robert De Niro said, yeah, I pranked somebody good. And it cuts to a video of Robert De Niro literally chainsawing a man, right? Chainsawing a man. So that was like the joke is like, you know, the, like he took the prank too far. And it comes back to Seth Meyers and he's just like, oh, wow, wow. And it's like, Seth, that's not the reaction. Yeah. So you just saw somebody chainsaw. When it cuts back to you, you should be like, yeah. like I mean, like, what the fuck? You know, it's like you, so you're not committing. And I think a lot of them want to be either, maybe they don't have the ability or they don't want to be, they want to be too cool. They're thinking about their image and the best, Jim Carrey, Chris Farley, never thought about their image. They just thought about, being the funniest idiots in the room. And I never, there's not one moment on Ask Me To Dance where I'm like, oh, I look stupid if I go, you know what I mean? I'm going, what's funny? You know, and that's it. It's so, the ones who have been the funniest idiots in the rooms that have been the most successful. A hundred percent, you know? And it's like, just, you gotta, whatever it is, and and truly bring it back to crypto or anything, just commit, commit completely. If, you, if you're hesitant, it's almost like if you're gonna do a flip, I don't know what, maybe just think about this. If you're gonna do a flip, I don't know if you've ever done it, in a trampoline or something like that. If you had, you know it. If you have commit, you're done. If yeah. you for one second hesitate, you're, you're going fucked, on your yeah. neck. You know what I mean? But the key is you just boom, bully commit, done. You're doing it. And that's really, you got to flip into life. Maybe, you that's, maybe that should be my book title. You have to flip into life. Flipping <laughs> into life. Yeah.
Whatever. I better learn how to do it. Tom Malloy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's all be the stupid idiots in the room. Be the stupid idiots in the room. Um, I remember yeah, my boss yeah. in my first job told me that one of his best hires he ever did, and he loved doing it. He said the guy walked into the room in a banana costume <laughs> for the job. It's great. And he does, I didn't even remember what the job was for, or who would come anything, but he said the guy walked in the room with a banana costume yeah. on. Like, just be the idiot. Yeah. Well, you know, or just take risks that you don't be afraid to look bad. You know, it's like somebody, uh, one of the actors tomorrow reached out to me on Instagram and I know I'm going to get a bunch of Instagram reach outs after this and said, uh, slide into hey, Tom's DMs. I, yeah. Right. And said, I, um, I want to be this role, Todd, right? Which he's ultimately playing. You want to be Todd. Now I know we had an audition in New York. So he had the audition in New York. He said, Hey, I'm auditioning for Todd. And he says, but I'm using law of attraction. And maybe he'd read up about me and knows I'm big on it. I'm using law of attraction. I'm putting it out to the universe that I'm going to be in your movie. And I said, send me the audition. So he sent it to me directly. So I used to send the audition. I thought it was great, but I went, change this, that, and the other thing. He resent it. And I went, you got it done. You know what I mean? Without even looking at the other people. I looked at, funny enough, yeah. I ultimately did look at the other people and, and he still was the best one. So again, you still have knack factor is going to be a factor. So like, meaning if he was bad, it wouldn't have worked. But what would he have lost if he was bad? You Perfect. know, I would have, he took that risk. Now, I might not have even, I might not have ever seen his, his uh, Instagram message, anything like right. that. But who gives a shit? I mean, like, take the risk, look bad. You know, and as long as you're not annoying or embarrassing or, or being inappropriate, you know, you go up to Lauren Michaels on the street, you find out, I want to be on SNL, you shake him. Like, come on, <laughs> yeah, ever. Like, that's ridiculous and stupid. You know what I mean? But the key is, you know, why not try stuff? Why not? <laughs> you should do that. You shake him. And, uh, and, you know, and uh, you, why not try something that's going to be outlandish and, and take a risk in life? You know, it really sucks when you go, when you have, here. Here's, here's a philosophy that anybody listening can, can uh, subscribe to. It's no should-haves. Try to have no should-haves in your life. Meaning, God, I should have talked to that girl. God, I should have, you know, should, I should have asked Charlie to start this business. God, I should have done. No. Try to, if you ever have in your mind. Yeah, you're going to be shitting all yeah, over yourself. Yeah, you're going to shit. Yeah, that's hey. cute. Hey, good. Um, you're I like that better, in prison, actually. No, I didn't make that up. I, it's timing. a jail thing. Oh, is it really? But yeah. the key is no should-haves. You should have done it. No, do it. Do it. And, and if you still have time. Should have, could have, ordered. Yeah, if you, if you still have time, go back and do it. Do it again. You know what I mean? Go find that girl and talk to her. You know, go make that business. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Take Tom action. Malloy, thank yes. you so much for, for coming on Untold Stories today. Yeah, happy to be here. Happy to talk to you. You've become one of my close friends, and I'm so excited for this one. I love you. Awesome, brother. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> <Get her air laughs> high five. Free stream high five right there. <laughs>